Hey, Sarah. Hey, what? I want to watch romantic comedy. Susan's growing pains are rapidly becoming a major disease. Right? Welcome to romanticcomedycommentary.com, or Sarah likes to call it. Romcomcom.com. And this week, we're doing a delightful movie that someone recommended to us. I had not ever heard of this. Me neither. It's called The Bachelor and the Bobby Bobby Soxer. Soxer. That's correct. It was... I liked it. I'll say that right from the beginning. Me too. It's from uh, 1947, starring Shirley Temple and Cary Grant. Mm -hmm. And Myrna Loy, who was very big at that time as well. Hmm. I'm now realizing I have heard of Cary Grant. I have heard lots about Shirley Temple. I don't think I had ever seen a Cary Grant or a movie with Cary Grant. I don't think I'd ever seen a movie with Shirley Temple. Wow. I'm dead serious. You haven't seen little cute little Shirley Temple? I don't think so. Wow. I don't think so. What Shirley is... Temple and Mickey Rooney. I know that I, mean, I know that they on. were a couple, and I've seen Mickey Rooney. Well, they movies, weren't really a couple, couple. Well, like they a were, they were like yeah, a, duo, co- a Hollywood duo. romantic yeah. comedy type of couple. But no, I don't think I've ever seen any of her. Wow. I know, but I and I had seen a lot of. Oh God, what was Mickey Rooney in? He had a, a movie series, and I cannot think of the name all of a sudden. But my mom used to get those from oh, the library. Oh yeah, you were telling me about this. Yeah, and I'd I've watch them with them, and they were really good. So I, I like hmm. Mickey Rooney, and so I would assume that I would like Shirley Temple. Yeah. And lo and behold, I do like Shirley you Temple. You do. Yeah. Yeah, Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. Uh, she's just been in so many. Poor little rich girl, Captain January, our little girl, now and forever. Just so many. And I've seen none of them. I know I've seen a couple, but I can't think of what they are. Little Miss Princess, Heidi, Bluebird, Bright Eyes, The Little Colonel, Curly Top, Poor Little mm. Rich Girl, Baby Burlesques. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Okie dokie. Hold on, mate. I don't know. I know I've seen her. I just can't think in what. Oh, could it be 1937's Wee Willie Winky? <laughs> could be. <laughs> really? Don't you, do you know that nursery rhyme? No. It's a nursery rhyme? <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was a silly name for a movie. No, Wee Willie Winky runs through the town. Upstairs and downstairs. No, runs through the town. Shit. Wee Willie Winky runs through the town. Upstairs and downstairs in his nightgown. Um, knocking on the doors and peeking in the locks. Are the children all in bed for now? It's eight o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> Okie dokie. I was entirely. He makes sure everybody's in bed. <laughs> does Wee Willie Winky? He does, yeah. Oh, okay. In his nightgown. <laughs> runs around. <laughs> it's totally normal. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know what else is totally normal? The plot of this movie? Well. I am so excited well. to get your take on this from the minute I watched this. So, it's, as usual, I got it from the library, and, and Sarah hadn't watched it. She was going to borrow the DVD for me. Mm-hmm. And the moment I began it, and it got Uh-oh. to and it got to like the beginnings of the plot. I was like, oh God, Sarah's gonna have an opinion about this. And it's gonna be <laughs> delightful to hear. Uh, do you do you want to give a quick idea of what the the plot is to people sure. and maybe haven't seen it, or at least like a one minute kind of? Yes. Yes. Um, Shirley Temple is a seventeen year old high school student who lives with her sister who's apparently quite older because she's a judge and they don't as far as i know tell how their parents aren't in the picture i assume they're not alive and 
she's very high spirited. The judge goes into work one morning and has Cary Grant in front of her courtroom because there was a disturbance at a nightclub in which people were basically fighting over him and caused this whole issue. And the prosecutor is kind of in love with the judge, and he wanted to prosecute this guy because he's been through like three times on these mistaken circumstance charges. She ends up letting him go. He's like, I have a speech to give at a local high school. He goes to the high school. Of course, it's her sister's, Shirley Temple's. And he starts talking about art and its place in American culture. And she starts seeing him as this white knight in shining armor and decides she's in love with him. Meanwhile, her poor boyfriend, guy who wants to be her boyfriend, is Jerry. High schooler boyfriend. (laughs) Is like left in the dust. And he's like the the comic relief of all of this. And she... um, is, of course, the editor of the school newspaper. So she has to interview Cary Grant after the speech and falls in love with him and then decides she wants to date him, shows up at his apartment and falls asleep on his couch, like works her way into his apartment. He's out, comes back home and is fixing himself a drink just in time to see she's there. And then all of her family finds out that's where she is and knocks on the door and arrests him. He goes to jail. Instead of being prosecuted, they decide the only way to get her to get over him is for him to pretend he wants to date her. Wonderful. And then they have to do these weird series of going on dates, even though he's, what I could calculate, 35. That's exactly how old he is. And she's 17. And meanwhile, he's kind of falling in love with her older sister, which is so weird. And then at the end, somehow her meddling uncle talks Shirley Temple out of loving him back into Jerry's arms and leaves Cary Grant open to date Myrna Loy, who decides she doesn't want to love him. Her uncle tells her to go on this trip. Of course, he knows that Cary Grant's also going to Chicago for some reason and they convince her to go on a trip to Chicago. They meet at the airport realizing they're both getting on the same plane together and the movie ends. And it's like, Chicago? (laughs) Is that where we're going? (laughs) From Los Angeles to Chicago to that romantic city of brotherly... Oh, no, wait, that's Philadelphia. The to romantic a city big of wind. shoulders. Yeah, the windy city. <laughs> a city of wind city and of love. big shoulders. You're right. He's 35 because they say at one point that he's 18 years her senior, yeah. I believe. And she's 17, so he's 35. Yeah. So one can only assume her sister, who is a, a apparently established judge, yeah. she's got to be 30 at least, right? At least. I mean, how, you've got to be a lawyer for like 10 years before you can be a judge, at least. Yeah. And so who then... Get, who, how is she a judge? And that just made me think like... And in what? 1947, people aren't just giving out judgeships to ladies. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was so the like, other thing that I was wondering about. young, it. young lady. <laughs> Take you your go. judgeship. Yeah. But like, but then... If, that makes the parents all the more weirder that they're not there, that yeah. she has a, a sister who What's is happened? 10 to 15 years. Her, I guess 10 years isn't that crazy, but like 15 years, that's 16 years, that's a big chunk of time. Right. Maybe the mother died what in childbirth. With the second one? Maybe. Maybe. I think the thing, that, the, the, realistically, the reason that they did that is they realized they couldn't make it the mother without it being super creepy. Yeah. And, and You're I did, right. But why didn't they just make it a... Aunt. A, 
an aunt or a co- an aunt. aunt an aunt and the whole problem is solved done aunt or cousin it's like and yeah same yeah. it's relatable like it's a, different a maiden aunt yeah and then what just the remove this whole weird sister Come aspect. On, Sydney Sheldon. Sydney Sheldon knows better. The writer, <laughs> Sydney Sheldon. He's famous, famous. Is Sydney Sheldon a well-known screenwriter? Crazy famous. He won the Oscar for this. He wrote Easter Parade. He wrote I Dream of Jeannie. Oh, okay. He wrote Annie Get Your Gun, Anything Goes, She's in the Army. Come on. So wait, this is a two movies in a row that they make a kind of needlessly complicated familial relationship. Yeah. First the God sister in Just Right. Yeah. Or the whatever it was in God sister was should God have been sister. a cousin. Yeah. yeah. I can never get it straight. <laughs> Whose parents were like out of the picture or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand. And what their house is so weird did you notice that? No, I did not. This is like a me focusing on like Casper <laughs> all over again. You walk in the front door, and to the left is a is a half staircase of four or five stairs to a balcony that leads to the bedrooms. That's open air. Did you you didn't notice that? No, no, I had noticed none of this. To the bedrooms? I I was eating. You stand in I was the... eating dinner while watching this, so oh it's kind of like. It's half listening, half you watching. You stand, you walk in the front door, look to your left, and there are three doors mm-hmm. up two flight or Wait, up I think I've heard this four or five. Okay, up four or five stairs <laughs> with an open balcony or an what do open, you mean an open balcony. Not you balcony. Mean like a landing, like a go- hallway, an open hallway. Okay, open to the front door space, so okay. it's all in the front area, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure they did it. Because it was the 1940s set design, you needed to show how people go in and out of their bedrooms mm-hmm. without like being in a cramped hallway. Oh, okay. But it's so weird. <laughs> so like Uncle, what's his name? Uncle Matt or somebody can just stand there and yell at them as they go slam the doors in their bedroom. I guess it keeps it very like open, mm-hmm. but it felt very like, are you guys living in a stable? What is happening? <laughs> I don't understand. I like the beginning of it, too. It, they have their uh, maid, I guess it would be. Yeah. yeah. Their maid waking him up, and Shirley She's Temple's so like, great. and Shirley Temple's kind of grumpy, mm-hmm. but then they go into the- Clumpish. The, clumpish. And they go into the uh, the judge's room, and we don't see the judge's face for a while. It's like, judge, it's time to get up. Judge, it's time. Yeah. Ooh, what? They perfectly put woman? her in front of a lamp for that purpose. <laughs> Oh, lady judge. That really did surprise me. Really? Did you recognize that maid at all, Lillian Randolph? I did not. Oh, I love her so, so much. (laughs) I immediately was like... Tell me why. Because she's in my favorite Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Really? She's their maid. Oh, okay. She apparently, you know, black people in the 1940s, I guess you're playing a maid. Um, Oh, my gosh. When they're talking and... Um, at the dinner table, what's his, his brother had just come home and they're talking about it and she starts leaning in toward the table and then Jimmy Stewart turns and says, Hey, can you hear us? All right. And she, and she's like, well, I could, if you had anything good to say and like walks back out, she's so great. And she's just like that in this too. She's sassy and you know, smart. Oh, everybody in this movie did a great i mean everyone was so bubbly i mean it just like yeah you, you it was inviting like there was no person that i didn't like on screen like yeah. everybody i couldn't look away from mm-hmm. even her bumbling boyfriend was just 
hilarious. Oh, Jerry. Oh, my God. Every scene Jerry's that he was so in. Cute. Well, where he tried to be like a gracious loser, I mm-hmm. guess is how I would describe it. Like, what he, a sweet guy. Like, he lost the girl, but he comes with like mm-hmm. shake the well, guy. We're still going to be friends, right? Like, shakes his hand. <laughs> yeah. And Gary Grant gives him his car at one point. He's like, oh, try mm-hmm. this. It's a, like a souped up jalopy or something. Yeah. And then he helps. Oh, God. I He, he was fantastic. Yeah. And them playing basketball as well. There's oh, scenes where they're playing so basketball. So many white boys playing basketball. Playing 1950s, 1940s yeah. basketball. 1940s. Oh, just wonderful. There's not a black person in the crowd it, or it, on the court. It's it's a oh, and when they're at the uh, the they go to an ice cream parlor at one point mm-hmm. too. Oh, just. It, this movie is really just delightful. I'm going to keep saying it. It's, it's definitely worth... It's only like an hour and a half long. Yeah. It is totally worth dedicating your time it's to. It's fun. I'm going to repeat that Very over and quick. over. I think the reason that Sidney Sheldon won the Oscar is so many quick lines. You really had to listen. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. And even Shirley Temple really had some, some mm-hmm. biting ones in there, yeah. too. I mean, it was... People were smart. I know. I think I wrote. I have that somewhere written in my notes too. We are lowest common denominator shit. Yeah, that's why all the good shits on cable and paid channels. I mean, if this was made today, it would be a bunch of like. It wouldn't just be fart jokes, but it would be relying on the creepiness mm-hmm, of the plot for sure. to and make it funny. Yeah. But this didn't do that. No, it really didn't. Really much at all. Yeah. The only part that they relied on that the the age being like a real like jokey part was him going to jail when he found her in his apartment. Yeah. Other than that, they didn't lean into it as hard as I thought they I liked were going to. the prosecutor made fun of him for taking her out. And he's like, going to the sock hop later. And Carrie Grant's like, mm, I could punch you again. Do you? Uh, so I just have to know what you think, what you thought about this plot as it developed. Like, what was your, your this thought is of bizarre? I wasn't offended. Okay, but I mean, this would never happen in real life, right? Like, this no, couldn't happen in real life, no. right? Okay, good. No, the prosecutor <laughs> and the judge getting together to make that deal with the court psychiatrist is not something that would happen. I just watched, I just listened to Serial Season 3, all <laughs> and, about the Cuyahoga oh, County Court happen? System. This kind of shit does not happen. And I don't think it would happen in 1947. <laughs> what if Serial Season 4, she's like, a judge comes up with a creative solution. <laughs> yeah. The 35-year-old gentleman has to take a 17-year-old date until she doesn't like him. Yeah. I mean, if he really wanted her to not like him... He needed to try a little harder. He tried harder to get her uncle or her grandfather, the old dude, not to like him than to get her not to like him. I mean, he was trying to shove her toward Jerry, but he should also like dress like a dingbat and act yeah, he stupid. Was, he he kind of started putting his back into it ish, mm-hmm. but not anywhere near as hard as he you was just mostly it. baffled and like bewildered. And it's like, dude. I would be terrified the entire time. Yeah. Like I, you, the scene of him walking into his apartment and seeing her asleep and then the judge knocking on a door. That was horrible. That was more terrifying to me. That's like how to catch a predator. No, if if I came into my apartment, like an apartment with that situation, Mm -hmm. I would be more scared of that than someone emerging with a knife from the shadows. I mean, and I'm not kidding. That you can deal with that. You know what to do. You know, it's like, but, but I can be aggressive and, you know, defend myself. This, you're like, 
Fuck. How do I get at? There Be- is a because there's not young lady. Because if you if you leave and call somebody, like there's no way for it not to seem like something mm-hmm. creepy was happening. Like, hey, I found this girl in my apartment. I immediately left and called the police. Like, yeah. oh, you're still arrested. Yeah, it's not good. No, no I don't no. know the answer. It was a simpler time, I guess. <clears throat> How old do you think Cary Grant was when he actually filmed this movie? I'd go with like 38, 39. 43. Really? Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks good. He looks good. I thought he looked older than 35. Mm, I don't know. I'm not a good judge at age. I won't even pretend that. You may remember before you started recording, Sarah, I was giggling a bit to myself, and that's because I stumbled upon Cary Grant's Wikipedia page. Mm. And under personal life, there's a couple parts that jumped out at me, including uh, he was immaculate in his personal grooming. I can see that. Uh, and Edith Head. Uh Appreciate his meticulous attention to detail. The famous costume designer. mm -hmm, And considered him to have had the greatest fashion sense of any actor she worked with. Wow. Uh, uh, McCann, I don't know who McCann exactly is, but McCann attributed his almost obsessive maintenance with tanning, which deepened uh, the older he got, to Douglas Fairbanks, whoever that is. I just like that he had a obsessive maintenance with uh, I mean, he does look rather brown at the end of his life. Mm -hmm. He's getting very brown. He remained health conscious, staying very trim and athletic even into his late career, though Grant admitted he never crooked a finger to keep fit. And here's the part that I laughed at. He claimed that he did everything in moderation, except making love. Oh. That's in his Wikipedia personal Mm. life. That just feels like something a guy from the 30s and 40s would say nonchalantly like oh no i just i never lift i never lift a finger to do too much all hmm. things in moderation except love making wow yeah well apparently when he retired from the screen um he accepted a position on the board of directors at fabergé like the egg the egg yeah fabergé eggs i get a stupid question is there there's a fabergé egg company oh well it's fabergé i thought fabergé eggs were like a thing made for Russian royalty that was just like a one-off arty piece. I, I didn't no. know they were still like... Fabergé is legit. Sincerely had no idea it was still yeah. a thing. I thought it was like um, it, like an art piece, like a crown jewels or something. Like it no. was made and now it's there. Okay, mm-hmm. there. Uh, he regularly attended meetings and traveled internationally to support Fabergé. <laughs> um, he later joined the boards of Hollywood Park, the Academy of Magical Arts... At the Magic Castle? What? Oh, apparently the Magic Castle is crazy hard to get into. Well, I think it's go. like one day a year they let people kind of come in and look around. Huh. And Western Airlines and MGM. So he was like, he was doing his thing. He said like film got too real. The realism kind of left him behind. And then he just like went on and did his own stuff. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> What? <laughs> this is just... I mean, that's just funny. What? Fabergé? No, no. Well, the Fabergé is hysterical to me. Mm. Just him saying film got too too real. Mm. It's like... The realistic nature of film. He won an honorary Academy Award for his unique mastery of the art of screen acting. He seemed to really handle in the movie while being a high school speaker. That was like weird yeah that that was that was like they must see speakers all the time apparently yeah 
Did did you have high school speakers really? Yeah, but not every week. Did you have any memorable ones or any a weird guy who ones? beatboxed and taught everyone how to beatbox? <laughs> <laughs> that was not the answer I was expecting you to say. Please tell me more about. Yeah, this. it was like a big like, black guy. Wait, like this was in an like a gym. I'm picturing at my school it was like auditorium. everyone comes to the gym. No, this is not a twenty. Okay. Our high school looked just like that. Oh, really? Like, yeah, it was all like brick and had like a legit auditorium. Okay, so and... you're all in an auditorium and yeah. a guy's like, okay, teaching us beatboxing. Was it was it just straight beatboxing yeah. or was it? A message through the no, art of beatboxing. No, it was just beatboxing. Uh, <laughs> just beatboxing. I was hoping, Everyone I, was fascinated. We had some people come in grade school, and I was hoping this is like what you were going to say, mm-hmm. and their message was don't do drugs, but through the art of yo-yos. What? Yeah. Hmm. They did yo-yos, and then the message Yo-yo, was don't yellow. do drugs. Hmm. I was hoping that's what the beatboxing. No. Did you have any other good memorable ones? I mean, obviously who came to talk to us about best. celiac disease. I can't remember. It sounds like from how (laughs) random your speakers were that you may have had a speaker every week. Seems like it now. (laughs) Uh, Wait, you had someone speak to you about celiacs in 2003? 2002, 2003. Wow, that's pretty progressive. Yeah. He had it and he was talking about it. Got to raise awareness. I don't know why, though. I can't remember (laughs) what the context was. And then we always had our speech and debate team practice on us before they went to regionals or states or whatever. Regionals! We used to have ours because I went to a Catholic school with no money. Um, It would be like the gymnasium. like The the gym was our auditorium. Mm. So it was always like any speaker had to like keep, you know, it was basically in the round. Wait, you didn't have your own auditorium? Oh, hell no. Not at Watterson. No, we did not have that really? kind of money. Oh, no. They still don't really have an auditorium. I mean, they huh. they have a small theater, but it's like the 100 theater. people or something. Oh. The theater, the theater. Uh, so basically anyone that spoke, it was in the round. Oh, they constantly geez. had to be like moving. And that's a tough, if you're, oh. even if you're good at it, that's tough yeah. to do. And I still remember one of the funniest ones was a drunk driving one. And they set up these, it was like GM or someone. So it had money behind it. Mm-hmm. But the reason it was funny is it had Brad from Home Improvement on screens. He wasn't Aww. there. It was like a very video Hologram. heavy presentation. Mm-hmm. But he was like, and that's what everyone couldn't get over. No one remembered that it was about drunk driving. Everyone was like, <laughs> that dude, I thought he had Home Improvement money. And he's doing like drunk driving. Huh. It was... Must uh, have burned through it. Yeah, we didn't have that many fun speakers. We certainly didn't have beatboxing. Hmm. Do you still remember any of it? I'm Not really. I mean, he just talked about ways to... Move his mouth. Like boots and cats? Boots no, and cats, but that's boots, funny. Boots, 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 boots. <laughs> <laughs> one of your speakers. Yeah, it was. We never had a Cary Grant talking a bunch of shit about art. And of anyone I would think would be like an American artist, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be him. No, no. He doesn't look like Jackson Pollock. <laughs> well, and there's not really at any point him being an artist doesn't really play into anything we don't I know. see him painting we never we don't see, see a piece of his artwork yeah we never get any glimpse of it in his apartment he could have just been anything yeah they just need like, a reason why, for him why to, an artist they just need of him all to things. speak who's, in front of who's like exploring the american landscape I, what well, what does that even mean we didn't even find out exactly what kind of artist he was no no it, it's just a painter is he a photographer i think I think it was painting because didn't Shirley Temple say, would you paint me if you paint it? I, 
It could be your model. Yeah. Because yeah. I assume photography would just be like, click and done. It sounded like it was more of a thing. Hmm. You know? God, and when she corners him too, again, like, yeah. this 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 girl's assertive. In a closed room. Yeah. Never and do again, that. We he, took protecting God's children. Yes, we both Never know. Never like, go into a closed room. It's it's it, it camp. It's two by two. Yeah. Two by two is the rule. Two adults, two, two kids, kids at all time. Yeah. That way, there's no misunderstanding. Yeah. And side hugs, always side hugs. Give me that Christian side hug. Stephanie was Christian doing Christian side hug. Have you seen that music video? Yes, you've shown it. To Give me it up before. to Christ love. Give me that Christian side hug. You reserve front hugs for your mom and for your wife <laughs> see and, and you know i do what i did have a problem with that about is uh like i would never get like i would ne- i'm just not the person that like a kid's gonna come to for a hug like i just i'm yeah. not that person if a kid is coming to me for a hug something is going real wrong yeah you know like and i'm not gonna be like to the side over here yeah like i get the i get the idea of what they taught and you know didn't respect but it's also like yeah i know if a kid like at the camp i help at it right like i think in all the years i've been there i've given like two hugs and it's been because those kids have been sobbing crying Mm. over something and it's like i'm not gonna position them to the side and make them feel like yeah you know shittier i digress i was talking to a friend of ours tim and we were talking about training, this mm-hmm. type of thing. Uh, and he, we were, God, what did we, what were we talking about? It's somehow sleeping bags came up and oh, I made God. a joke about like, oh, well just, you, you know, you know, if there's like only one sleeping bag and it's you and the camper, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you get in the sleeping bag with the camper and we both laugh and I go, but seriously, that was a question on one of the quizzes I had to take to get cleared for camp. What? One of the questions was like, um. If if a camper is cold at night, do you A, get in the sleeping bag with them, B, get them a blanket, C, D, whatever? Jesus. And that was one of the answers you could select was Come to get on. in the... the I was like, get on in there. <laughs> Come on. Oh. Put their head in your armpit. It's warm. <laughs> what the hell? Maybe Shirley Temple needed a lesson. Is this a thing, though? Like, intense older... I never had an older crush. Like, on a teacher? Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It can be. Well, maybe it's just because, like, I don't know. I don't remember. I went through Catholic grade school again, and all of our teachers were, like, 50. Yeah. You know? Like, I never had a anywhere. Young, e- and even teacher. Yeah, and even in high school, most of them were, like, 50, uh-huh. you know? So I don't know. I think we were in fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade, when we had a... Um, student teacher, Mr. Savage. Oh, you remember his name. Oh, yeah. I can... Oh, yeah. You could draw him. I could draw him. <laughs> I know his first name, too, but I'm not going to say it. Um, oh, is it Randy? Oh, no. You'll never guess it. Randy it the unusual. Randy the Macho Man? <laughs> <laughs> yes, if only. Um, his first name is Macho. <laughs> and that's where your little slingshot His middle name is from. Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> and... He was so young that when we would play basketball out on the courts, he would actually try. And we were like, oh, he's like kind of like young enough to like clearly isn't acting like an adult. And then like a bunch of girls got crushes on him. It's like Mr. Savage. But we also spent a lot of time making fun of him. (laughs) And it was just like this weird like half joking half liking this poor guy who was literally 22 at the time and had not figured out how to deal with children and <laughs> oh wait so he wasn't like 
going to be he was on track to be a teacher he was yeah. just a guy subbing no 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 oh, he, okay. was a, like, he was a student teacher okay and then he got a job in the school so we were still of, getting his feet wet on things yeah yeah we um aged out and i'm not quite sure where he is now but i'm pretty sure he's still at oakwood and then i remember in eighth grade i had this teacher who i thought was not all that great. I don't know. I didn't think she was great. She was an English teacher. Mm. But I noticed all the boys were like really into her. And I was like, what's the deal? <laughs> I don't get it. And then like the people are always looking at her butt. And I realized that like she wore a thong every day and wore these black swishy pants. And they would inevitably get stuck in her butt crack every day. Oh, no. And she... Apparently had a nice butt for eighth grade boys. It was like that time. Oh, you mean that she actually just had a but she owned a butt. I mean, That's she all was you really pretty. Looking grade. back, at, when I was in eighth grade, I didn't quite realize mm-hmm. what I didn't see her as sexually attractive. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "What the hell? She's just kind of a not great teacher, or you know, like I didn't think she was particularly bright." But then I was like, oh, this is what boys like. I, <laughs> I feel like I missed And it was like a division between what I liked and what boys liked. That was the first time that I realized that they could be different things. Mm. And like, like, huh, maybe I should play to that more than my own idea of what is sexy. Mm. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> Like, and what is sexy? It was like the first time I remember, eighth grade was also the first time I remember looking at myself in the mirror and being like, hmm, do I look pretty? It's like you have a sense of who you are Mm. and what you like. But I think it was like the first time that I was like, what do I portray to people outside of myself? Mm. You know, it was interesting. And then she got divorced and then married the football coach. Oh, okay. So. I, uh, I don't know that I... I've had those how do I portray myself to people moments, Mm -hmm. but I'm 34 and I still feel like I haven't fully had fleshed that out, but because Mm -hmm. like I actively avoid it because like if I, you're a man and you can, well, no, because I think if I knew better how people really perceived how I act and do, I would be in a constant state of panic and dread because I'm Mm -hmm. positive what's out there does not match up with what it's I less am. about what you act and do and more about how you look oh i look like hell 90 percent of the time i catch myself every once in a while walking into the store like a reflection because mm-hmm. i do like construction stuff yeah and i think i look driving there i'm like okay i'm looking good i probably look kind of respectful i'll walk in and i'm like paint smear across my face hair sticking out mm-hmm. everywhere no i oh no what i put out in the world is not really that great right now but <laughs> it, you know it's we're working we're working on that but did you ever have a time when you started looking at yourself and was like, huh, maybe I need to I don't, step it up. I mean, there there was like eighth, seventh, eighth grade was probably when I started getting more self-conscious. If that if that's kind of what you're talking about. Like, did you look more at your hip to butt ratio and decide whether it was how you so wanted it to be? So my friend Kate <laughs> in my friend Kate from who was a tour guide in college with me. Mm hmm. would laugh hysterically and remind me and still does occasionally about how I said to her sophomore year when I started working out that my goal was just for my thighs not to touch on the inside like the chub rope. 
Oh. So the answer, Sarah, is maybe not exactly, but <laughs> somewhat. That's more of a feeling thing. Yeah. But I mean, st- well, no, but you know, it makes you look trim. And I'm like the lightest I've been in years. And that ain't happening. That that yeah. ship, that ship. I mean, is... that's just hips. Yeah. That's what you got. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's musk. I like to think of it just power, raw power. Like I've never had that mm-hmm. in my life. I don't it's think I have either, I have... honestly. No, I've never had chub rub. Oh, you've never had chub rub? Never. Oh. Because apparently my hips are wide enough that, and I have a bigger butt and bigger legs, but I've never had that. No chub. No chub rub. It's just weird. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, probably not as, yeah, probably not as, as in depth as girls. But I think, I think guys do think about that stuff like around seventh and eighth grade. When they start more. like messing with their eyebrows, that's when you can tell. It's like, what did you do? You, Guy, you mean guys or girls? Guys. Oh, I still don't mess with my eyebrows. Yeah. And I should. No. I mean. You don't want them to go too crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, my grandfather blessed me with many things, bushy eyebrows being one of them. Yeah, I, I at the very too. least will take like a little, <laughs> uh, my little face razor and like mm-hmm. hit them like at least twice a week because otherwise they're just like going every. Yeah. I'm going to have a great old man look. Yeah. Yeah. Like my crazy. dad's are starting to go. I think once you hit a certain age, it looks cool. Maybe that's oh, just me. I don't know. I'm like a good crazy person. Again, not for women. I feel like I missed out on something not having a teacher crush. But I'd feel, I'd also feel really self-conscious about it now. Like, can you imagine Shirley Temple's character growing up and looking back at when she was 17? She, she was so act- confident. She'd probably just be like, yeah, that was then. <sighs> Man, I, I can't even imagine that. I look back on so many things I do did when I was younger and like that age, and I just I came and th- I cringe. Just a personality thing. Ugh. It's like your girlfriend doesn't cringe. No, she doesn't. It's amazing. I I do it everything. Hmm. Oh, surely. Oh, surely. Uh, the writer Sidney Sheldon. To get back to him. Mm-hmm. He was born in 1917. He didn't get married until 1989. Crazy, huh? Wow. Wait, how old was he? 1917 to 1989. So he was, what, 72? Wow. Crazy, huh? Yeah. That's 62 or 72. Why can't I do the math? 62 plus 20 is 82. Plus 7. Wait, what? 88. He was in his 80s. Let's just say he was in his 80s. No, he wasn't in his 80s. He was in his 60s. Anyway, we are not math majors or can't do simple addition and subtraction. 89 minus 17 equals 72. I was right the first time. (laughs) And then he died in 2007. So that's a good, you know, 18-year marriage. Yeah. Wow. Maybe he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Well, you know when you know. when You'll know when you know. When you know, you know. When you know, you know. You know. When you're nice and old and wrinkly, you're like, hey, come over here. Let's get married. I'm really rich. As someone who also is is very uh, um, hot all the time, was them doing the potato sacks and suits? Were you getting sympathy <laughs> sweat during that entire scene? I knew that was going to fuck you. <laughs> no, it did. I know, in full suits. Full suits. Well, he did take his jacket off. I, it's still a suit. And, and they looked high. hot. And they did a potato sack yeah. raise. Uh, they did an egg. Th- 
A potato, no. Because at they one point held there's a potato a, on a spoon. Because at one point there's, there's like a lot of potato a, related things. Yeah, a three legged race. A three legged race. So a super tall guy. Well, there's like a competition, and Shirley Temple wanted a medal, so yeah. she sends wanted Cary Grant to win her a yeah. medal. Yeah, and so he goes out and the the DA was it DA. The yeah, DA the, went out and DA. he's like, I'm pretty good at this. So he's beating high schoolers at... And Cary Grant, randomly. And Cary Grant at yeah. potato sack race, or potato Which was apparently events. at someone's birthday party. I could never figure out why they were in this park. I thought it was just like a school-sponsored event. Oh, maybe I assume, because he said something, it's like for parents, too. Like a too. May Day thing. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And there was a random officiant yeah, there. Who knew him at the end. I was like, ah, oh, it's Mr. Blah, blah, blah. Come over here. I like the medals they got, though. They got like little yeah, military looking medals. Yeah. yeah, they were like, oh, they were cool that ones. That was cute. But yes, yeah, so I was getting very bad sympathy sweats. Oh. Uh, and that also made me think, who would, who do you think would be a worse referee, Brian or me? Your husband or me? Uh, Brian, because he wouldn't pay enough attention. I don't think either of us would be good at it, though. <laughs> I mean, whatsoever. <laughs> Why would you be bad? Because I wouldn't care enough to pay. Brian wouldn't pay attention because it couldn't hold his attention. I wouldn't pay attention because I wouldn't care enough to pay attention. <laughs> oh, well, then you should make me do it. Oh, okay. Well, then yes, you can be. <laughs> do you think? You, have you ever been a referee for anything? Just Girl Scouts telling him not to touch stuff. Oh, so more like just ordering people around. I didn't know if like with field hockey. Teachers or something. are referees and mothers are referees every day. No, I've never been an official referee. Okay. I'd be panic stricken though, because like people get really into those things, oh, and if you mess up like a tiny bit, they're yelling at you. And I'm I not would supposed to. Oh, they would. They we sign a thing at the beginning of each season saying you're not gonna do that. That's ridiculous. You know what? And I've never seen one of those blowups in person, but I also don't hang out at little league games. Yeah, and you don't live in PWT area. <laughs> I don't live in. Take what? that back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like Catholic schools aren't nearly as yeah. fired up as a lot of bigger, more competitive public schools. The ending scene. So Cary Grant finally, not ending scene, but the last big scene was Cary Grant takes the sister, the judge, out mm-hmm. to a fancy dinner. Yeah. That entire... Back at the club where he keeps getting in trouble. That, that Stop was... going back to that Boom Boom <laughs> Club or whatever. I wish we had places like that. I'm going to say it every single time. Yeah. I know it would be crazy expensive. I don't know how it would stay With open. like a live band. Yeah. Dinner. I could... In that kind of dancing, I can do where it's like mm-hmm. big band. The like Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, that I can do, or like yeah. some basic stuff, you know? Where are your tails? Yeah. How much fun would that be to actually get like... That would be great. They did a thing in Dayton, and maybe even you went to it. They had a Martin Luther King Day prom, mm-hmm. and like a bunch of kids from UD went, and they, honest to God, wore like... The yeah. girls brought their prom dresses, the guys got tuxedos, yeah. and they made like a real to-do of it. I never mm-hmm. went. I never was there's invited. There's a black but... and white party in... Well, there's a prom in um, Columbus in January... At the, what's it called? You were supposed to go and you didn't want to. No. Yes. This doesn't sound Stephanie like me at all. Stephanie had tickets. No, she didn't. Yes, she did. That doesn't sound like me at all. It was at the Art Institute. Oh, that's really expensive, though. She did not have oh, tickets. Shut up. It's really expensive. That's like, it's like $100 a ticket. Yeah, and she had the tickets. She didn't have tickets. She had the tickets. I can tell you confidently she did not have the tickets. <sighs> anyway... You gotta, you gotta, if you want to do that, you gotta, you do, gotta that. do it. Cary Grant wasn't like, oh no, I'm not going because it's $25. Yeah. 
Like, come on. When he was telling the major major D how to get everything clean, and the mm-hmm. guy's like, "Oh, well, there's a spot." It's like, "Oh, we haven't had the good polish since the war." And yeah, like, everything was like, "We haven't had the good stuff." And since did you the hear war. the other guy who was with the woman who clearly liked Cary Grant? Oh, from the court scene earlier. Yeah, and he said something. He was trying to call the waiter over, and he yelled, "Garcon." <laughs> Did you hear him say no. that? That's why, like, that's why the writing is so good because there's sneaky things like that yeah. that you don't even notice. Well, that entire that scene once Shirley Temple showed up at the restaurant and sat down, mm-hmm. and my God, when she sat down and he, I think she asked if he wanted she wanted a drink. If mm-hmm. she would have ordered a freaking Shirley Temple, I would have lost my mind. It didn't exist yet. Ah, damn it! <laughs> what if that was the moment it got created? Like, I'll have oh a me. Well, that was her favorite drink. <laughs> Is that why it's called a Shirley Jesus Temple? Jesus Christ, Justin. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> so God. I went to a wedding one time when I was young. Stupid idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to a wedding one time when I was younger. and How I, young were you? I think it had to be like five or six. I don't I, okay. I don't really remember this, yeah. but my mom likes telling the story. And I'm, I'm, this is, I guess I went up to the bar to get a Shirley Temple because you're like, you know, five, six, seven. Yeah, and that it's was like, my drink of choice. Yeah, like you feel cool Go getting to spaghetti that. warehouse and get a Shirley Temple. And the bartender asked me for my ID, and like me being a panic stricken child that oh. everything scared, like I didn't know what to do. And he's like, "I'll let you just have this one." <laughs> and so I guess I thought I was being like slick as hell the next time I went up, and I was like, "I want to order a Shirley Temple," and I put down. Uh, my little uh, placard name card and said something like, I believe this is all you'll need. <laughs> really? <laughs> something to that effect. <laughs> like I used, I used my placard as my oh ID my and God. my mom likes telling that story because I guess the bartender Aww. thought it was pretty funny as well. <laughs> and that's when I ordered my Shirley Temples. I always ordered it with extra cherries. D- okay. Don- um, Donahoe from our yeah. earlier episode about uh, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm-hmm. We used to go to a restaurant here in Columbus called the Blue Danube and a friend mm-hmm. was a waiter there. Mm-hmm. And so he'd, he'd mess with us. We'd mess back. It was great. And Mike one time ordered a, a big Shirley Temple and Rutledge was like, I do not want to bring you, keep bringing you Shirley Temples. <laughs> like, can I just bring you a picture? And Mike, of course, oh yeah, yeah, sure, bring me a picture. And oh, he shows up Shirley and it Temple. was literally a picture, like a quarter full of cherries oh. and ice and Shirley Temple. And Mike's, you Michael's, so sick. oh, Michael stare the bowl in the eyes and win. Uh, I mean, I, I remember him finishing that thing. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. Yeah, it was no. super gross. I used to drink those and then I used to, take the creamers off of the table after dinner you know parents would order coffee yeah. and i would sneak creamers those little cylindrical creamers out and always if i was at my dad's or if it, even if i was with my mom i'd be like i'm gonna give these to the cats my dad had cats and then i would drink them on the way home <laughs> my mom's like stop you drinking the creamers because <laughs> <Yes>. oh. <laughs> they were good I love in this scene though they have the little tiny table and more and more people just I know, keep, keep getting added up. to it. Mm-hmm. And then did you notice too? Every time in this scene, it had to be someone's birthday or anniversary. What seven times? Yes. And every and time, sang really well. Yeah, and every time it was a full cake. Yeah, it was in the a slice. Good size it was cake. a full sized yeah. cake. Have you ever been to a restaurant where you get a full sized cake? Well, I assume that they like. Plan that ahead of time. 
I don't know. Like, I like to believe that this restaurant was just pumping cakes out. Like, oh, I thought that it was like, that's why people went because it was a fancy club and it was your birthday. So they'd like order a cake. cake. Oh, maybe. I, I assume that this was like, uh, you know, like a normal restaurant, how they just like give you a piece of cake or something like, oh, it's your yeah. birthday. Here's a free dessert. I assumed it was like, here's your free cake. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cheap. That's because yeah. that's where my head went. Uh, I yeah. liked how they sang every time. Millicent. That was one of the names. Agnes. <laughs> Some good names. I, I forget that I have a couple I have a couple lines written here that got me to just I haven't even written here that the quips in this movie are just so quick and witty mm-hmm. that they're they're like biting but not rude. Like the I think the waiter at one time asked Carrie Grant right at the end of this scene, will there be anything else? And mm-hmm. he just goes, For instance. For instance? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because it's just like he already got like a drink poured on him, stuck with the bill. Someone yelled at him. There's something taken away. So he's like, will there be anything else? For and instance. Her, and then her boyfriend or her, her the high school boyfriend. So he, he got drafted oh, even though the war is it was over. over. Yeah. But then at one point after he <laughs> announces that, some, I forget what happens. Someone does something and he just says, well, this is a fine way to treat a veteran. Yeah. And runs out. <laughs> Jerry was quick. I liked him. Oh, and then someone something to the effect of like, uh, "How did you get in here?" Is like, "Well, the door was closed, so I opened it and walked in." <laughs> how did how did you over here? Well, I had a glass to the door. Yeah, he keeps doing things like that. <laughs> it was wonderful. I love those quips. Yes. So the really famous line, probably mm. the most famous line from this movie that I've actually heard, mm. is the whole, "Hey, you remind me of a man. What man? Man with the power." What power? Power of hoodoo. Hoodoo? You do. Do what? Remind me of a man. man it's like that? over and over and over and over again. I don't know what hoodoo is. The power of hoodoo. Hoodoo? It's not voodoo. It's hoodoo. Isn't that just to get them to something to... The power of hoodoo. I mean, you have to talk when, in this kind of an accent. Oh. If ho- you're a lady, you talk up here. Well, there is the there is in Columbus a band called the Hoodoo Soul Band, yeah. and uh, according to Google, Hoodoo is a traditional African American folk spirituality that developed from a number of West African spiritual traditions. So, mm. Hoodoo is uh, folk magic, is what it sounds says like. Here. Voodoo, <laughs> I'm, I, doesn't it? I'm just saying what am the. Am I right uh, or am I right? I'm just telling you what right. it says here. Well, according to IMDb, the man with the power rhyme routine was adapted into the song lyrics of the Atomic Fireball song Man with a Hex during the swing revival of the 1990s. And it was the inspiration for the song Magic Dance in the movie Labyrinth, which makes me laugh. I love that movie. I used to date a girl that it loved that movie. Yeah. I mean, just... Uh, I used to watch it in my basement. Really? Mm-hmm. I got her the coolest poster from... Uh, Alamo Draft House once for a mm. present, and it was like I mean, it was a I, I don't I, I've never really watched I've seen Labyrinth, but I didn't have like the it t- that was her Henson. Casper that was her Casper yeah, yeah. So, so but David even Bellet. I even I would look at this poster and just think how like cool it was and hmm. all these elements in it and you have um, a thing for posters don't you I do I like the art I mean I like the it's a cool uh, it's a cool art medium I mean you you basically are trying to encapsulate a big chunk of a story not the entire story you don't want to give it away but you kind of have to give people enough to entice it's it's i think it's cool yeah it's an interesting medium of storytelling um 
This is the second of three movies starring Cary Grant and Myrna Loy, following Wings in the Dark in 1935, and followed by Mr. Blanding's Builds His Dream House a year later, 1948. Oh, I thought they had delightful chemistry, oh, too. For, we yeah. haven't talked about that at all mm-hmm. yet. Like, she wasn't really... She didn't swoon for him like some of the like some romantic comedies the woman mm-hmm. kind of does like she wasn't putting up with this shit i didn't think no i mean even in the end like she I was a fair judge yeah 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 well do you want to get into the 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 tropes or sure okie dokie i mean the one that jumped out to me is in the the same with kind of roman holiday just being an older movie it, not like soundtrack heavy just it no. was a lot of silence actually in this movie. Lot, and then, well, there was during the race scenes mm. at the whatever. What is that thing called? I don't know. Family reunion. <laughs> yeah, the park. Yeah, there was a lot of like. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it's not like nowadays where there's actual songs. It was more just like. And and I was thinking it got during, really loud. Brian's like, "What are you watching?" <laughs> when I was thinking as I was watching this too, you would never see a movie made nowadays that would have this much just dialogue, like no background music yeah. or noise. Like, and it was refreshing, yeah. you know, like you could actually concentrate on what the people were doing. It wasn't like a sensory overload. Yeah, I enjoyed it actually quite a bit, to be honest. Yeah. You had to listen. Yeah. And again, with the writing being so quick, like that, that played to its strength. But, mm-hmm. um, was there some, yeah, I guess montages, the, it did have a montage, like the potato, the potato yeah. scene, that was quite a montage. What, the potato race? Yeah, well, the, there were so many potato-related <laughs> games. A lot the of po- potatoes. Yeah, the potato the game. The potato montage. <laughs> the potato montage. Yes. So it had that, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to think what else. I literally couldn't tell you what city they were in, so that didn't Los play. Angeles. Yeah, I couldn't even. I didn't know until I saw his plane ticket. Yeah, so that and didn't. And I was like, are we going to or away from Los Angeles? And then I read in the IMDb that... It was L.A. they were in. Huh. It would have made kind of more, kind of would have sounded better to go from Chicago to yeah, L.A. for a romantic right? trip than... You would think so. Yeah. Chicago, the city of lovers. So no, the city really didn't play too much of the... Well, the meet cute was the meet cute she was, good. was the judge. Yeah, the meet cute was good. That was fun. Yeah. She was annoyed with him, though. Um, they can't be together because her sister is, is in dating love him. with him, slash forced to date him by <laughs> Uncle Matt, who's just like, get your shit together, Uncle Matt. <laughs> like, finally, they take shit away from him. They're like, stop trying to fix things. He's like, I'm just helping. Um, let's see. Was there a sassy side friend? I mean, Jerry was... I would almost say Jerry, because yeah. he just kind of... He's the only other. Yeah, he kind of piped in with stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna count jerry as that all right um i guess matt gives the back to reality speech uncle matt to like whatever he says to shirley temple off screen mm-hmm. gets her to give up her love of carrie grant and then she comes in all contrite and is like i realize now that i'm better off not loving someone so much older than me I'm like hmm, all right <laughs> Um, oh, I, I don't know if this should be a new trope, but when characters have like a vision that changes, like when they both see him as a knight in shining army armor, when they both see him 
<clears throat> like when they both see him as a knight in shining armor and it's like a visual shift. Mm-hmm. Like they're seeing something that's not there. Mm-hmm. I feel like that happens a good amount in okay. romantic comedies. You yeah. know, like a character sees their fantasy mm. of what's there. Okay, yeah. I can, I can buy into that. Or there's that. like a daydream sequence yeah. of some kind. Let's start looking for that because I think you might okay. be onto something. Yeah. I can't pinpoint any specifics, but I feel like I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. No, no. Oh, let's, let, well, let's start looking for that because okay. I, I like it. Um, jobs of the protagonist. She is a judge, a lady judge. <laughs> lady judge. And he is... An artist, artist, I guess. An artist? Painter? Question mark. Yeah. And he seems to do. He's a man. Pretty well for being. Yeah, just an like artist. give high school speeches. Yeah, but he has a nice apartment and yeah. presumably nice looking car. And yeah. He wears suits. Right. And he hangs out at fancy dinner clubs that he gets right. kicked out. And wants of. people to pose. Like people always want to pose for him. Ladies. Do you think that his character had another profession and for some reason they changed it at the last minute? I don't know. I mean, because what would it, he be? Honestly, architect. A nightclub promoter? Like, architect would genuinely made more sense. Like the... But why would you have a girl... You need those girls, then, for that scene when things get awkward at the club. He could be a smooth-talking architect. Who has people come in to model for him? Okay, okay. <laughs> uh... You look a lot like a building. Come here. <laughs> you look a lot like a man. <laughs> a man just... looks like a building. <laughs> Your pillar. <laughs> um, doctor. Could have been a doctor of some type. Let me look at let me just look at your lungs. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay. Fine. <laughs> There's a good amount of levity in this. It oh can't, my god, it can't, yes. It couldn't be this movie without levity. Yeah. Because it's such a weird Yeah. Like circumstance. But again, it doesn't Uncle Matt. It doesn't it doesn't go for what it is. And if I describe this to someone <laughs> in probably when per, the beginning people heard it, described, not in this day and age. Well, you, you would think it would go blue a lot it, and it doesn't, it doesn't no, pander to that. It doesn't. It's, it's actually incredibly, it, it's actually incredibly innocent. Yeah. Emma could watch it. Yeah. Which is not what I expected from a premise. Like I expected a couple, um, I didn't expect anything like, uh, too blue at being older, but I mm-hmm. at least expected like a couple, maybe nods or winks or jokes and yeah. i was kind of dreading that and i liked that it didn't matter not matt the da did mm, yeah i guess a little bit but it wasn't too it wasn't too much again it's not no. like if it was made today yeah but yeah um what would we call this is this a screwball i'd call it a screwball absolutely yeah. yeah i mean that's just such a funny premise yeah what would happen if... Now, hear me out here. Cary yeah. Grant, we got Shirley Temple. <laughs> Shirley Temple falls in love with him. We got an older man and a younger woman, and they're both huge screen stars. <laughs> Apparently, Myrna Loy was such a big deal that she was crowned the queen of Hollywood and Clark Gable was crowned the king of Hollywood. Really? Yeah. Wow. She also never won an Oscar, but then won an honorary Oscar in 1991. Wow. She's a big deal. Her father was apparently... Traveling through Europe and stopped at a train station called Myrna and decided that's what they would name her. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I like that a lot. I do too. It's a nice name. IMDB. <laughs> uh, lots of physical comedy in this. Oh, yeah. Again, the potato sack 
see or the the potato yeah. sequence and the climbing up the rope ladder and jerry's poking him with a pin and a butt so that he'll climb faster is shirley temple the precocious child she has played the precocious child her entire life in film i mean i guess she's she kind of is when she tears into that the scene yeah. in the restaurant. She's scolding she her is sister. The, like if you look at Precocious Child in the dictionary, there's a picture of, of Shirley, Shirley Temple. Temple as a seven year old, you know. But <laughs> the seventeen year old Shirley Temple, I think so because she comes in and she's like re- the way she's reaming her sister about things that are. She's like reaming her sister about love with mm-hmm. a thirty five year old. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's actually I would say that she's the precocious she child. Is, yeah. Do you know what bobby socks are? Uh isn't it like a a fan like a fangirl of music or something like that? No. I looked it up on Google and that's kind of what it They're said. Socks. Bobby Socksters? <laughs> no. Yes. I'm gonna type this in. It's someone who wears bobby socks. They're girls. Bobby Soxers is a 1940s sociological coinage described, uh, describing the often very zealous fans of traditional pop music, in particular the singer Frank Sinatra. Oh. Bobby Soxers were usually teenage girls in high schools and colleges who got their name from the Bobby Socks Bobby they Sox wore. They wore. We're both right. Huh. Yay. Look at him. We don't, neither of us is wrong. That's right. This I is guess, the first time. I guess we, we did it. Nice. Um, Yay Did us. you happen to watch any of the special features? I didn't. I didn't have time. Okay. Well, they had one special feature was that they made it into a radio show. They made the movie into a radio show. It was oh, a half on. an hour radio show that uh, they aired. Like they edited down yeah. the movie scene. And, and just all the like actors were in it. But they, but was it like the actors did a different yes. script or the yes. actors, or they just edit? Okay. Okay. Yeah. The actors oh, cool. live did it. And it was like a 30 minute radio show. Oh, neat. Yeah. And then the other special feature was a weird cartoon that I think was a precursor to Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> there was a skunk trying to find love. And every time he'd get close to a, another animal, she would smell him and freak out and run away. And then he did this whole thing where he bought a, a suit. It was called something specific. I can't remember what a something suit and made him like really tall and thin and dapper. And then he sang and it was Frank Sinatra singing and all of these rabbits and chipmunks and everyone was like running up and, and watching him and going crazy listening to him sing. And they sang an entire Frank Sinatra song while they freaked out. So that makes me think of the Bobby Soxers. This is like the precursor to Beatlemania, I guess. But then they got, they mobbed him. They got close to him and they all like smelled him and ran away out into the forest and like destroyed everything in their way running away. That's. And at the end, he paints himself to be a fox and he finds a female fox and they start walking together and then they walk across the log. They both fall in the water and he comes out and all of his fox makeup falls off and then he turns and her fox makeup falls off and she's a skunk too. And then they kiss and they walk off into the sunset together. Are you so weird? Is this the MGM cartoon by Tex Avery titled little tinker? Yes. Little tinker, which is supposed to be stinker, Stinker. but has a little apostrophe over the T, which is ugh. That's really funny. Yeah. I like that you called a precursor to Peppy Peppy. I feel like it is. That's really Peppy Pew has always struck me is the, the 
Like who was sexually sitting, well, who assaulting was, people? <laughs> who was sitting around and was just like must be a skunk yeah. that's smelly yeah. and French. Horny skunk, got it. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. the one. Green lighted. But the catch Get is he smells. <laughs> Get this to the president's <laughs> desk now. This must be yeah. made. This needs green lit. Get this to Mr. <laughs> Warner. Get this to the Warner Brothers desk. The Bobby Soxers are gonna love this one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kids. Weird. Kids love horny skunks. Yeah. <laughs> but can he be French? Certainly. Certainly. The thing I notice about 1947, everyone's so damn little and thin. <laughs> They're so thin. This is like, you clearly haven't gotten the World War II canned food all in your systems yet and passed it on to your children. Where's the corn in your diet? Am I right? <laughs> everyone's so thin. Myrna Loy's little tiny body. Okay, so then... Alien plops down, mm-hmm. says, hey, I would like to see a romantic comedy. And you say, would you like to see one from 1947? <laughs> well, have I got a film for you? I, this is kind of weird. So where would you, what would you give this <laughs> on a, like a one to ten? Oh, gosh. I would probably put it at like a 7.5 mm-hmm. because it's fun and there's a lot of romance, but it's doesn't develop the people who end up together very well. Mm-hmm. There's like one scene where she com- he compliments her dress. And then there's one other scene where they go to dinner together. But there's so much screwball comedy and farce. They never really get to like connect in a way for the audience to feel fulfilled. Yeah. And then at the end, it's like they're on this plane together. Here we go. Like. Yeah. Against both of their wishes, Uncle Matt still forces them together. Mm. And they're like, well, here we go. I'll go a little higher. I'll say eight, but for the exact same reason that you're saying that it's like, it's definitely a comedy. There's definitely romance, but Mm -hmm. like them coming together is almost not an, almost an afterthought to some extent. Yeah. Or you know what? That's not the main, yeah. The main focus is seeing Shirley Temple get upset about things, yeah. and this ends up happening. I feel like the main thing is like, look, Shirley Temple's an adult now. <laughs> Remember Cary Grant? Everyone likes him. But Myrna Loy's a, is a judge. <laughs> <laughs> There's a woman handing out <laughs> sentences now. Yeah, but that is not to say it, it, it's a seven and a half, eight. Uh, if it's a romantic comedy, yeah, it's a it is a fantastic movie. It's really hundred percent worth yeah, sitting down. It's and really watching. fun. I would absolutely. It's suggest really people clever. See this. Yeah. You realize how tiny and smart everyone was. <laughs> yeah, and that Shirley Temple <laughs> really was good. Oh, I mean, she was great. Re- yeah. These are all really, really good, good actors. actors. Yeah, and highly just enjoyable. I enjoyed yeah. it from beginning to end. My question as I was watching this, and I've kind of mentioned it a couple times through this, like, say they made a movie like this today. You can kind of picture what it would be like. Mm-hmm. Who would your leading man in it be, though, if you had to cast this leading Ooh, man? Cast because leading because man. I have I have I have who I know they would cast, who I think would work better and who I think would work better. So oh. I, have t- I have two. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Or, OK. A hundred percent. They would cast Seth Rogen, a hundred percent, because In it would this be role? because it would be like pot because they would lean on like the 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 potty humor of it, but huh. but the person I think would work really well in this. I think Jason Siegel would be fantastic in this. Oh yeah, because he could He'd do because be he could do kind of the smooth but bumbling mm-hmm. fool. That's who I would want. I think they'd put Seth Rogen, huh. but I think Jason Siegel would be great in this role. 
Because he can kind of pull off a little huh. smooth, but a little awkward. And Cary Grant definitely came across at times in this a little off kilter, you know, like yeah, thrown off and things. For sure. Yeah. Like it doesn't need to be like a, a smooth actor, you know, not like. Who a, would the girl be, though? Who? That's Shirley Temple thing. or yeah, Myrna? Shirley Temple. Hmm. Like a child. Yeah, I don't star, really know many young actors. Name. Hmm. Interesting. Is there someone from like Disney or something like that? That's what I'm trying Maybe. to think of. But I can't think of anybody that young because I don't know them very well. Well, and also maybe part of the problem is like we we kind of sexualize actresses really young nowadays. Yeah. So it's not like back, like we already see like a 16 or 17 year old actress is already portrayed the same as like a 20 some year old. Yeah. It's not like back then where like you kind of joked earlier, like, mm-hmm. look, Shelley Temple's an adult now, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't have the same impact nowadays. Cause I'm even trying to think, you know, who could have been really good in it, but the age isn't right. Um, uh, Chloe Grace Moritz could have been really good yeah. in it. Cause she was like really good at that kind of precocious child thing when she was like younger hit girl and in 30 rock and all that. There's a girl who was in a show called bunked okay. on Disney, which came, which is actually from an earlier show on Disney that I can't think of what it's called. Um, where it's like a family and they, they're really rich. Um, and her name is Peyton List. I could see her playing this. Oh. I could also maybe see a younger um, Zendaya. These are Disney people that Emma yeah. likes um, playing this. And then I was thinking he may be too old for this role, but like Ty Burrell, who is the dad from Modern Family. Oh, he's got like yeah. that like humor and he's dresses well in a suave, but is also like really good at playing that comedy bumbling. He's got kind of a throwback look. And then I don't know. Hear me out. Just like how Myrna Loy is like this bombshell actress who kind of didn't get a, a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could do like a Jessica Chastain or somebody who's like really has a lot of acting chops, but didn't necessarily really get to use them in this role mm. and is like scary enough to play a judge. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. You know who... <sighs> All right. I've even got a better idea and you're going to love it, but it, it is cheating a uh-huh. little bit. Uh, what is the name of that series on Amazon that we both like? Uh, Catastrophe? Yeah. Yeah. What about both of them? Sharon Horgan. Both of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can see Rosalini. That's cheating in a way because we know how good of a, of yeah, a rapport, rapport that they have. have. That would be good. Tell me they each wouldn't independently be, really be good, good in those roles. And he... guess who could play the young one? Who? The girl from To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Yeah. She would be good. Yeah, but... Oh, yeah, because then the... Because pa- the it could be like a cousin or something mm-hmm. and what that could... Ex- yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. That's the cast. Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good remake of this. That would be really fun. And I think they could keep the, again, like that, that cast and their ability would let them not mm-hmm. de- devolve into like the, uh, the easy, the cheap laughs, yeah. you know? They're too <sighs> smart for it. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Okay. So I've been reading this article in the New York Times Magazine Ooh. by Wesley Morris. 
and he's a genius apparently about rom-coms it's called twilight of the rom-coms and about how they're coming back basically Mm -hmm. and and kind of the history of the rom-com and how back in this time in the 1940s and 50s it was really more about um two equal parts who are very distant from each other it, mm. the woman was never just this housewife woman she was always a force unto herself just like the man was it's like yeah. they both had things going on like bringing up baby Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant um Cary Grant and Myrna Loy I mean big actors and actresses who are given big protagonist jobs and roles well yeah Roman very Holiday as well yeah exactly yeah. so Morris says they're rom-coms now, old trade publication lingo that replaced both the romance and the comedy. But a pure Hollywood romantic comedy, according at least to me, needs both. It springs from a long literary tradition, from Shakespeare to Jane Austen, putting two people in proximity and conspiring with wit and zing for a match. Some of the pleasures lie in the way the two might begin as combatants and end up in each other's arms. Strangers become intimate. The estranged become reacquainted. Two people are crucially equal players in this narrative. The world of the movie orbits entirely around both of them. One ideal structure is the drawbridge. The word applies more obviously to romantic melodramas in which two lovers are kept apart by geography or time. But the drawbridge is also perfect for the pure aims of romantic comedy. It represents two even halves lowering themselves toward each other by making admissions, revealing vulnerabilities, giving in to magnetism until both sides meet in the middle, ready to go somewhere deeper together, somewhere the audience won't see. I thought that was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting. It says, um, they imagined a certain parody of the sexes. Their radical scheme for the 1940s was to balance the story between a man and a woman by making the woman formidable and remarkable and alive in exactly the way romantic comedy heroines would later be criticized for not being. Hmm. Many of them treated this quest for parody as a contest for supremacy, both in the relationship and in the plot. They were full of competition and gamesmanship and verbal battles between the sexes, which we totally see here. Yeah. Sometimes the men in them were a little hapless, like klutzy Henry Fonda. Sex was really far from the surface, but in the 1950s and 60s, it really started to announce itself. The stars seemed to either be made of all sex, Marilyn Monroe, or none of it, Doris Day. The other period that I grew up on was a modern gloss on the classic style, Holly Hunter overthinking William Hurt, Susan Sarandon tying Kevin Costner's tongue, Goldie Hawn squaring off against Burt Reynolds or Kurt Russell. Romance in the 1980s was corporate fever, Tootsie, Baby Boom, The Secret of My Success, Working Girl. The stakes were bigger. The romance was in part within the office and what it meant to be a woman working in one. In 1988, two of the five Best Picture nominees were romantic comedies, Broadcast News and Moonstruck. Well, Moonstruck was just fantastic. Yeah. That. Uh, Then at the end of the decade, a movie came along that restored the genre to the easiest, smartest, most essential part of itself, deploying the drawbridge structure when Harry met Sally. It's like the perfect one. Isn't that great? Yeah, I'd say that some of that actually is a, a fitting description of the ones that we've really liked the yeah. most, where it's each character is giving, giving in. Yeah. As opposed to some like 
uh, farcical, the, the ugly truth, which is not <laughs> that. Where she's like, "Help me!" But I'm also mad. <laughs> Poor and Catherine Heigl. Now I'm in an air balloon. He writes about Catherine Heigl too, and how how she really got a short shrift. Yeah, because she was good. We mm. liked her in as a romantic comedy actress. She never just... got kind of what she deserved in terms of a real role. Yeah, she was always the shrill yeller, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Well, I like that article. That was nice. All right. You got anything else? No. All right. Well, if people want to check out our Instagram, Sarah, where do they go? Rom, com, com, D-O-T, com. And if they want to send us an email and give... I mean, we found this one off of a suggestion. Someone emailed us. Thank you very much. I never had heard of this, and I'm so happy we got... Me too. uh, that suggestion, yeah. If anybody else has any other suggestions, where would they email those to us? They'd go to mail at romcomcom.com. Wonderful. And as always, I want to thank this is my suitcase for letting us use the song Love off the album The, the Keys, Keys to, to Cat, Cat Heaven. Heaven. Um, they've got a lot of other stuff going on right now, so check out some of those band members' pages. They've got... Bandcamp? Uh, I think it's on Bandcamp. Yeah, one of them... Oh God, was it? Is it like Classical Baby? They're making like a kid's album or something oh, yeah. like that. So check them out. They've got a lot of good music coming out of Columbus. Um, and yeah, I had fun, Sarah. Yeah, me too. But now I'm sleeping. Time to go. Time to go. But Closing time. For this. Goodbye. <laughs> What are they called? Lifty bridges. Yeah, the lifty bridges where tall ships have to go through.